All right, all right. Good morning. Come on, who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Make a little bit of noise, man. It is so good to see you guys. Thank you so much for joining and hanging out with us today. I want to welcome everybody of all of our campuses and everybody watching online as well. Thank you for tuning in, hanging out with us today. Man, I just want to go and throw this out there. I know we got time change coming up, and our first service here at our Moorhead campus is slamming and it's packed. I just want to let you know, if you need a little bit of elbow room, we do have another service at 1130, and so you're more welcome to join us there. And you probably will here in a few weeks when the time change because you lose an hour of sleep and you're going to sleep and so anyway, just going to throw that out there. Come on, get your Bibles. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, grab your phone. Go to the Bible app, Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to jump right into this. And this series, man, has been one of my favorite series we've done, talking about the inside out. If you missed any of the last couple weeks, I want to encourage you, go back and check those out because we talked about change. This, this is a series talking about change. We all want to make some change in our life. We all want to get better at something, whether it's with our marriage, whether it's with our finances, our health, our relationships, our career, um, our emotions, we're always looking at how to get better. And change only starts from the inside out. If you wanna break a bad habit in your life, it starts inside. If you wanna create a new habit in your life, it starts from the inside out. If you wanna change your marriage, your marriage starts from the inside out. A lot of times we think it's external. If I just had a new spouse, if I had a new job, if I had a new boyfriend, if I just had more of this, then I would be blank. But true transformation comes from the inside out. And so we are so excited this year. We've dedicated this year to spend time with marriages. And if you're married this year, we're coming after you because we want to build strong marriages. We believe if you have a strong marriage, you have a strong church. If you have a strong church, you have a strong community. If you have a strong community, we could change the world. And so it starts on the inside. And so I just can't wait, man. I, I, I'm about to, all right, there's a little commercial. On February the 18th, married couples, February the 18th, we're having a date dance night right here. It's gonna be so much fun. I'm tell, I, can't give, I can't give a lot away right now, but our team's been working hard with it. I'm telling you what, you are not gonna wanna miss this. 5.30 p.m. for your top eight people. Oh, goodness, okay, five, February the 18th, you put it down. But anyway, you'll hear more about that uh, as we go through this series. But if you wanna change, it comes from the inside out. If you wanna get rid of anxiety in your life, negative emotions in your life. It's not so much the atmosphere, it's inside you. It's from the inside out. And if you wanna become more like Jesus, which is our ultimate goal, it's the ultimate goal, right? To become more like Jesus, that happens from the inside out. So think about it. What would our families look like if we would become more like Jesus? I mean, I want you to really think about it. Not that we'll ever reach perfection because we won't be perfect until we go and, and until Jesus calls us home. But our few years that we have here on planet Earth, like what would our families look like if we truly, truly would become like Jesus? What would our church family look like if we were all just coming here and we every day we're striving to be more and more like Jesus? What would our cities look like? What would our world look like if every person on the face of the planet who claims to follow Jesus became more like him? You know that this would be a better place and, and the transformation would be unreal. But here's the reality, you ready? It starts right here and it starts with me and it starts with you and it starts with us. And if we can be transformed and changed, we can make a difference everywhere we go, whether we're going you know, to school, to work, doesn't matter. Wherever we go, we can make a difference. So just as God grows us from the inside out, 
He grows his church as well from the inside out. And that's why I wanna focus on the day. There's many ways that God does this and we could go all down the different routes and how God changes from the inside out his church. But I wanna focus on one specific one today. You hang tight at Romans, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter four. I'm gonna go to our theme verse in the series, which is Romans chapter two. And we, I mean, sorry, Romans chapter 12. And we looked at verse two, but I wanna go back to verse one. And it says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, to present yourself as a living, holy sacrifice. Now this is completely different from the Old Testament because the Levitical code was you have a dead sacrifice. That's why you killed it, right? It's a dead sacrifice. But now Paul says we are living sacrifices. He said that is holy and acceptable to God, which is, your, this is a big one right here, which is your spiritual service of worship or your spiritual act of worship. And then here's what we've been focused on the last two weeks. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. To be transformed, watch this, by renewing your mind. You wanna be different, you wanna change, you wanna be transformed, it starts right here. You wanna transform your marriage, your health, your finance, your negative emotions, you wanna break your addiction, wherever, it starts right here. This is the battlefield. This is what the enemy wants. This is what the devil's gonna go after. The Bible is full of thoughts, of words, of of scriptures about our mind and the things we think and how we renew our mind. If we wanna be transformed, it starts from the inside out. And this will prove the will of God, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. But I'm gonna go back up to verse one. It says that this is your spiritual service of worship. You know, a lot of times I think we get this word worship confused. We think worship is music. We think worship is singing. In fact, we will say, hey, let's stand and worship, but come and worship with us. But literally, what we're doing is that we're actually praising. There's different Hebrew words for worship and praise. When we come in and lift our hands, we praise. When we come in and sing, we praise. There's Hebrew words for lifting our hands. There's Hebrew words for how we sing. There's Hebrew words of using instrumentations. And what we do is says, come on, let's get our praise on. You know what I'm talking about? So we're gonna come in here and we're gonna praise. Praise and worship is different. Praise is what we do outside. Worship is what we do on the inside. The Hebrew word for worship means to bring low. It means to bow down. It means to fall on your face. It means to humble yourself. And so when you come in here, you can come in with the posture of worship, already humbling yourself before Almighty God. So there's a difference between praise and worship. Worship is to bring yourself low, to humble yourself, to bow down before your creator. That is what worship at the core of it truly means. And the Bible says we should find out or we should commit to and do our spiritual act of worship. Philippians chapter two, it's a beautiful picture. It says Jesus took on the form, watch this, of a bondservant and served. Jesus, the creator of the universe, he, he bowed low, he took on the form of a servant to serve me and you, and this was a spiritual act of worship. And so what I wanna do today is I want us to renew our minds because that's the change, that's what we're working on this series. I want us to renew our minds around this thought of our spiritual service of worship, our spiritual act of worship. And what does it truly mean to serve our creator, to come before him and to be brought low before him and where he changes us from the inside out and then he will grow us from the inside out. 
And so if you have your Bibles in Ephesians chapter four, we're gonna walk through what does this look like for every single one of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus. So if you're ready to get started, say let's go. All right, here we go. Verse seven, Ephesians chapter four, verse seven, it says, however, he, that's God, has given each of us, each one of us, a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Here, here's what Paul's saying. Every single believer on the planet has a special gift that God has given them. A special gift. You have a special gift. Like, you have one. I married one, and she's special. She is my special gift. Oh, that was your opportunities, right? She's, she's my special gift. But God has given every single one of us a special gift. This is not your natural talent or your natural ability, although God could use your natural talent and your ability to serve him. This is a specialized gift, a special gift that God has given to every single believer to build up his church so that it will witness to the world. Now here's what I want you to renew your mind around today, is this, that you have a gift. Every single one of you, if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you've repented of your sin and you put your faith and trust in him, heaven threw a birthday party for you because you were now born again spiritually and God gave you, imparted to you a special, special gift to be used to build up his body. So every one of us online, if you're watching one of our campuses, you have a special gift from God. And the problem is a lot of times is that we make excuses of not using this special gift. For instance, here's one, and this is maybe a legit excuse. I don't know what my special gift is. Do you know that we will help you discover that? We wanna help come along you and help you discover how God has wired you and specially has gifted you. If you'll go to any of our next step areas, we will help you discover what is your spiritual gift. Most of you, though, would make an excuse. I don't know what my gift is. Or here's a big one, and this is probably the biggest one. I don't have time to use my gift to serve the church. I don't have time to do that. In fact, I mean, my, my schedule is a bit, it's just barely I can make it on time to be at church, let alone use my gift to serve the church. For some of you think, well, I don't have a gift. I don't have nothing to offer. I mean, you don't understand. I mean, I don't really, I'm not good at nothing. I mean, I can't speak, and I don't like to get in front of people, and I'm really not really good at this. Listen, listen. God has given you a special, specific gift that he wants you to use. And every single one of you have a gift. But we continue to make excuses. Or, man, pastor, you don't know what I've come from. You don't know what I've tried. You don't know what I've done. I'm not good enough, man, to be used by God. Like, man, there's no way God will use somebody like me. In fact, I would say the more messed up you are, the more God wants to use you. But we'll hide behind the excuse that, man, I'm not good enough, and man, I don't have nothing to offer, and man, I don't, I don't know if I really am able to do this. We wanna help you discover what that gift is. But this is what I love about it, because all the excuses we made, I love here, in the New Living Translation, it says special gift. Your translation may say, by the grace and mercy of God that he's given to us. That word gift is a grace gift, which means your special gift is grace-empowered. God knew that you wouldn't be perfect. God knew that I wouldn't be perfect. God knew that we would stumble ourselves. But when he saved us, he graced us, and he now he's empowered us by his grace to use that gift to serve other people. When you're like, man, I don't know how I have to offer, and then God's grace comes upon you and uses. You have a grace-empowered gift, and God wants to use your gift and give you the strength, the wisdom, the motivation, the love, and the care to execute that gift. Now watch this serving the body of Christ, that every one of us would serve the body of Christ. Here's something you need to know about your gift. It's the most expensive gift on the planet. 
It's the most expensive gift you will ever receive. Now, a lot of you probably like gifts. Some of you don't care how much it costs. Some of you care like, what did it cost? I wanna know. Like, you love gifts. Your gift that God gave you is the most expensive gift that you have ever received, ever, and you ever will receive. Paul writes in verse eight, that is why the scriptures, talking about the Old Testament, says this, he quotes Psalm, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says that he ascended. That clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world, because he humbled himself. It was his act of worship, his father. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended back to the higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe, the entire universe with himself or with his presence. Now there's a beautiful picture here that Paul quotes in Psalm 68 verse 18. When a king would go off to war, the king after he was victorious received all the gifts from the people they conquered. He would come back then and he would bestow the gifts amongst his people. And so the king comes and conquers and then he gives the gifts to his people. What the apostle Paul is saying, Jesus has come and he's conquered. He's conquered death, he's conquered the devil. And once he has conquered, he has come back now victorious, watch this, to give gifts to his people. He has given you a spiritual specific gift to his people to do what? We'll look at that just in a moment because we'll ask the question, why did God give me a gift? What's the purpose of my gift? So he went, there's a picture here, he went he descended, he descended to the grave, he got up out of the grave, back to the Father, and because of that, he's victorious, and with that, watch this, he gives gifts to every single person who put their faith and trust in him. All because he defeated the devil and he defeated death. Why? Watch this, so that he would grace and power infuse you, so that everywhere you go, the presence of God will be. Do you know that you take the presence of God with you everywhere you go? Everywhere you go, you take the presence of God. When you go to work, you take God with you as a believer because he's in me. When you go to school, he takes, you take God with you. Whatever you do, wherever you go, guess what? You take the presence of the Lord with you. And as he fills his children up, guess what? We will fill the earth up with his glory. That's why the ultimate goal is to become more and more like Jesus in my thought life, in my marriage, in, 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 my, in my finances, in my health, and all this, watch, in my emotions. The whole goal is I become more and more and more like Jesus, which means this, I begin to see life through his eyes. I begin to see people through his eyes. The reason why your gift was the most expensive gift on the planet is because it was bought with the blood of Jesus. Jesus gave his life for you. He came and he died for you. He got up and ascended out of the grave for you. And if you put your faith and trust in him, he will bestow upon you a spiritual gift, as Paul is clearly letting us see here from Psalm 68. And so your gift cost Jesus his life. It's the most expensive gift you will ever receive because it was bought with the blood of Jesus. Not only is our gifts from him, but I want you to know he gave us our gifts so they would be Christ-centered, not to use them for ourselves or for our glory. Verse 11, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Now this is very important. Jesus gives the gifts. Man can't give you gift. I cannot bestow a gift on you. In fact, the gift's a gift. You don't get to pick your gift. 
And that's another reason a lot of us don't serve because we're jealous of what somebody else is giving. Well, I wish I could sing like her. I wish I could play like them. I wish I could teach. I wish I could get out and do that stuff. Listen to me. That's the problem. The enemy wants to, to lie to you. God specifically gave you a unique gift for his glory and for his purpose. But these gifts were given, watch this, not to use for our own self, but for Christ. Now, these are the gifts God gave to the church. Now, we went through the spiritual gifts. We talked about that last year. We did a series on that. If you missed it, you could go back and watch it. Paul gives a few of the gifts that God has given to the local body, to the church, and to the big C church of God. Here's what he says. God gave some apostles. God gave some prophets. God gave some evangelists. God gave some pastors. And God gave some teachers. Now, I want you to make sure you understand this. It is, it is God who gives these gifts to the church. And most of these gifts right now are what you would call probably the professional gifts or the official gifts because you will make excuses as I've made excuses before when I first gave my life to Jesus. Well, I can't make a difference because I'm not a pastor. I'm not a pastor. I'm not called to preach. I'm not called, you know, to get up and lead worship. I'm not called to lead the kids ministry. I'm not called to do youth ministry. And that, if you've been in church world, that's kind of the professionals, but listen to me, there's so many opportunities here. If it wasn't for our team members, we could not do what we do. We have so many people who serve here every single week, watch this, so that you can have a great encounter with Jesus and experience him and grow in your faith. Like if we didn't have it, and, and, and Paul writes about some are in the different the bodies, some you can see and some can you, you can't see. And the team members now that you do not see who's behind the scene are the one that gives us life and breath that we could not do without them. And so everyone has this unique, special gift. And even though all of us don't have the official role of a prophet as believers, that doesn't mean that you can't daily proclaim God's word. Just because you're an evangelist as a title doesn't mean that you can't go out and witness to the world. Just because you're not a pastor doesn't mean you can't shepherd and care for the people that God's put around you. It all flows over. Just because you're not a teacher doesn't mean that you can't teach God's word to your children, to people around you as God speaks to you through his word. Remember, we talked about this last week. You're believers. You've been saved for so long and you're still on milk. You need to start understanding God's word and be solid food so you can teach other men and women. And so God has given gifts to the church. But here's the question I want to expound on. Why? Why did God just give all those who put their faith to trust a gift? Because I'm wondering if we really face it, and then just not really being mean. Most churches, this is across the board, ever. Most churches just have spectators. They just come and they spectate, they don't participate. It's so easy to be up in the stands, right, yelling at the players and the referee and the coaches in the field and not be on the field. And so many people attend church, listen, and this, I'm not, this not being mean, this is across the whole big church, like the whole big church. There's so many that sit and they watch a few people do the work of the ministry. They watch a handful of people go back and go, man, I love what they do, and so good, I'm glad I came to be part of it. Thank you for ministering to me. But they don't, they have not, here's the real, they have not renewed their mind around why God has gifted you, why has God given you pastors and teachers and elders and prophets and, and apostles, why does that even, what's the role of this? And when you begin to watch this, renew your mind, which means this, I begin to see it the way God sees it, not the way my grandpa told me, not the way the church that I was raised up that you know I just didn't know, never really examined the scriptures. Not based on, I just feel that this is how it should be. 
Renewal takes place when you begin in any area of your life to see it the way God sees it. And that's when you know you have been transformed is when I now see marriage the way God sees it. I see church now the way God sees it. I see myself the way God sees me. That's when you can say, I have been renewing and I'm transforming, watch this, from the inside out. And so I want, to, I want to begin. You can't be renewed in a 15-minute sermon. You can't be renewed in just one moment. Just, just look at it. It's where your mind begins to rewire itself from your past experiences, your thoughts, your feelings, what you've been told, and you begin to see it what God's Word says it. So this is a journey that all of us need to walk out and to go on. So the question is, why did God give these gifts to the church? Verse 12. Here it is. This is it. This is why God gifted pastors and teachers, and this is why God has gifted you, whatever gift that you have. Verse 12, the responsibility is to equip God's people, whose? Go back, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers. God gave those gifts to the church to equip God's people to do the work of the ministry that builds up the church and the body of Christ. Paul says, Daniel, one of your job responsibilities as a pastor is to make sure that people are in your flock are being equipped to do the work of the ministry. That is a completely different mindset of church, at least here in the eastern part of Appalachia. Because the mindset is, we call a pastor, we pay the pastor, and it's the pastor's responsibility to do all the work of the ministry. So the pastor's the one that needs to be at every hospital visit, be at every funeral, every time you, you know, you have an ingrown toenail, you gotta be there and anoint it and pray for it, which is disgusting, right? And, and all this stuff, you gotta be at every birthday party, you gotta be at every single wedding, you gotta be every place. And that is the reason why, just call it what it is, that most churches, the average attendance of a church across all denominations is now 76. That's why the church will not grow. That's why the church is capped, is because the church people's mindset is that's the pastor's responsibility, that's what we pay him for, and that's all that we're gonna do, so pastor, you go do it all. The apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, says, uh-uh, the gift that I gave you is for the pastor to make sure that all God's people are equipped, understand their gift, they will use their gift to grow the church, to build the church, let's go back, to fill the universe with his glory. And that's why so many people are spectators, not participators. They don't wanna sit back and say, wow, to change that, and I can't believe you do that. It's easy to stand in the stands and throw grenades. But man, when you understand your gift and you renew your mind around why God saved you and wants to use you and gave you a special gift to grow the body that grows the kingdom of God and you play a part in it, now when my mind gets renewed and I see it the way God sees it, watch this, you'll be transformed from the inside out. So the God's responsibility is for them to equip the body of Christ, verse 13, this will continue until all, which means this, for the rest of your life, this will continue until Jesus come back and to all in such unity in our faith and knowledge of God the Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Listen, when you begin to serve and you use your gift, you begin to mature in the Lord. Most people say, until you mature, we, you can't serve. No, no, the opposite. When you begin to serve, you begin to mature. 
And so many people say, I'm just not mature enough yet. I'm just not ready. I got no more about the Bible. I don't know what I'm gifted at. I don't know if I'm good enough. No, no way. When you begin to, as Philippians 2 said, when Jesus took on the form of a bond servant, when you truly use your spiritual act of worship, which means you humble yourself and say, God, here's all I have. Take what I have and use it for your glory. When you do that, you will begin to mature. Watch this, measuring up to the fullness and complete standard of Christ, which is the ultimate goal. You wanna become more like Christ? Then begin to serve. If you are not serving, and I'm not talking about here at the church, I'm talking about serving. If you don't have a servant's heart to your family, to the people around you, listen, you are not becoming like Jesus. Because Jesus says, I didn't come to be served. I come to serve and give my life a ransom for many. Serving is a way that makes us more and more like Jesus. I had a picture, you know, when Jesus in the upper room, when he takes the towel and he washes the disciples' feet, they say, you shouldn't wash our feet. Only servants wash feet. Jesus says, I'm here to serve you. So when you begin to serve, it makes you and equips you to be more and more like Jesus. And so God has given you gifts and us gifts and all of us gifts, watch this, to equip each other to help each other grow and become more like Jesus. And when you're not using your gift, watch this, you are weakening the body of Christ. He goes on and says in verse 14, we then will no longer be immature like children. See, when I begin to serve and humble myself, I won't be like children and immature. We won't be tossed and blown about every wind of new teaching and doctrine. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. That's the mind gym. We talked about, when you go to the mind gym and get God's word in your mind and in your heart, you'll understand what truth is so that when anything fake or lie or false comes, uh-uh, that's, that's, that's not true. Because that's what the devil wants right here. He wants to trick you. He wants to lie to you. He wants to bring you down. So instead, verse 15, we speak the truth in love. Why? Because we know the truth. We're gonna speak the truth in love. We're gonna grow in every way more and more like Christ, which is the ultimate goal. Who is the head of the church? There's no Baptists and Methodists and Pentecostals and Charismatic. When it comes to the church, there's only one church, and Jesus is the head of the church. Denominations are man-made, not God-made. And so he is the head of the church. And so the goal of using your gifts, watch this, is so that you will become more and more like Jesus. But not only you, you will help other people become like Jesus when you serve them. And then verse 16. All that to get to this point. Now, this is the sermon. Y'all ready for the sermon? Here we go, right here, right? Like, here we go. Like, keep preaching. It's raining. I don't get my hair wet anyway. All right, here we go. Verse 16. He, Jesus, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. I'm gonna stop right there. Why are you here? At any of our campuses, why are you here? Could you ever just thought for a moment that the reason why you're here is because God wants you here? I mean, literally think about it, that God wants you here. That God woke you up this morning and brought you here. Let me go a step further. Is this your church? Like, is this your local church? Because today, I mean, most, church, most Christians are just window shopping. 
I gotta find a church that meets my needs. I gotta find a church that's all about me. I gotta find a church that makes sure this happens for me. And if it don't make me feel this way, look this way, act this way, talk this way, and give me like the Holy Ghost goosey bumps, then this is then that, that's not my church. And I'm gonna window shop until I find one. If the Apostle Paul was still living today, we would probably get some pretty harsh rebuking letters from him. Because it's not about you. It's about him. So is this your home church? Listen, some of you, you're visiting and you're just checking us out and you just moved here and you're like, hey man, I'm just, I just heard about this place and I showed up, awesome, you keep coming. But deep down in your heart, if you're here and you're like, man, this is my church, man. Whether I'm here through college for a few years, just passing through, more your home away from home, whether this is where your family is and you put your roots in this little small town of Moorhead or Grayson or Ashland, and like this is my home and this is the church that God has brought you to. I, I don't want you to miss what the Apostle Paul says. Jesus puts the body together and he makes it perfect. So if this is your church, man, this is your place, this is your home, this is your family, then how are you being fitted together? Is your church family stronger because you're here? Because of what you do and how you use your spiritual gift? He says this, look at this, verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Watch this, as each, 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 when each part does its own special work. Don't miss that. Like as each one of us does our own special work, which is our own special gift, it helps the other parts grow. It helps everyone else grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Watch this, when you use your gift. So the mind gym that we need to go to, the thought is, what's keeping us from using the gift that God's given me? We can't hide behind excuses. If you don't know what your gift is, that's not an excuse, that's legit. I gotta figure out what God, how wired me, I don't know. No one's ever helped me, we will help you. But once you do and you know, what is keeping you from serving? And I don't want you to make excuses, right? Man, we went to the mind gym, we're tired of making excuses, just call it what it is. Just say, you know what, I work on Sundays and, I, and I'm not able to be here. That's awesome, cool, at least you know, we got other opportunities you can serve throughout the week. Not just Sunday morning rolls. We have other opportunities for you to serve. So I work. I, I, I take care of my elderly parent, parents and I'm, I'm not able to be here. Good. At least you know. Call it what it is. But I would think for a lot of people, honestly, I'm just lazy. And I just don't want to spend an extra hour of my week. That's cool. I'm not upset at that. At least you know. At least be honest. Don't hide behind it. Like, that's what the mind is. You go and start saying, okay, let's see why I don't. Let's look at it the way God sees it. At least I'm able to be honest and say, you know what? I just don't want to, man. Well, cool. At least you know. 
But you go home and do a deep dive and you begin to renew your mind and say, okay, God, how are you gifting me? How do you wanna serve me? And listen, listen, and I'm not being mean about this. And if you realize that you had a gift and you don't wanna use it here, would you please go find you another church and use your gift? That's how, because it's not about Better Life Church. It's about the big C church and God wants to use you to help somebody else grow and maybe someone's not growing because you're not using your gift. Go find out how God, and use your gift to serve the body of Christ. Find the place and get plugged in because it's God who fits the body together and wakes you up and brought you here for a purpose and a reason. And so here's what I'm gonna do. Here, here, here's the invitation, and just need to be a favor. If you don't mind, I want everybody real quick, grab your phone, pull your phone out. Everybody grab your phone. You're already on it anyway, probably. Anyway, it's okay, grab your phone. Grab your phone. We're all gonna do this together. It's very easy, very simple. Our team got together and we prayed really hard this week that this text message will come through on your Android. We know about your Android guys out there. We're praying for you. I wanna put this on the screen. Here's what I want you to do. Here's a phone number, and let's leave this up. And I want you to text the word serve. And here's all I'm gonna do. Here's what we're doing. Listen, we're not spamming you. We're not gonna come knock on your door. Here's what we're doing. We're gonna send you a list of every single opportunity in our entire campus to serve. And all I want you is just text. And now some of you may not be in our database. You're gonna say, wait a second, we don't know you. Just real quick, it's no big easy. You can fill it out real fast. This is, like, this is the invitation. Like, this is the response. Just as I text. You know what I'm saying? As, all right, this is it right here. This is the response, the invitation. Some of y'all get that in a minute. <laughs> I want you to text it right now. I'm gonna do it with you. I'm gonna text it right now with you. Verse six. Whether you watch online, come on campuses, all campuses do this right now. I want you to text it. And what's gonna happen is, you're gonna get a link. Oh, I'm in the database, thank goodness, here it is. And all it is, watch this, when I click that link, it's gonna send me to all the serving areas that are available. And here's your homework, here's what I want you to do. With this week, you go home and say, God, is there any place here that you would like to use my gifts? And there's big pictures here, the creative team, discipleship team, guest service, kids, safety. If you don't like kids, dear God, please don't serve in our kids' ministry. Just call, please. Just saying. You team, creative team, what's a creative team? I don't know what it is. If you click on creative team, just push creative team, it's gonna come up with a list of stuff to do on the creative team. Like, oh my goodness, I love to take pictures. You mean, that's a, I can use my gift taking pictures? See, that's what I love so much about our church. It changes the whole mindset that if you're not a pastor, a worship leader, a youth pastor, or a children's pastor, you can't be on staff or you can't serve in a church. That is not true. God has gifted you in so many ways. Do you like taking pictures? You got a camera? Photography. Can you play a guitar? Let's go. Can you play? You know, what, you know what I believe one of the big excuses are that we make? They don't need me. It looks like they have enough people. They don't need me. Are you kidding me? We need you. And watch this. We want you. Because we want you to use your gifts. Run an account, cameras, lights, pro presenter. Like what in the world is, is all this stuff? Can you sing? Can you think you can sing? We do have auditions for that, just in case. Just in case you think you can sing, and we'll gracefully tell you that you have a good heart. <laughs> yeah, listen to her, she has such a good heart. My ears don't hear her heart. <laughs> I just said, that's another whole story. I can't sing, so you can throw me under the bus all you want, just say it. 
But this, what, 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 what opportunities? Like our guest service team, what does that mean? Hey, you like people? Are you, very, are you a people person? Oh man, our parking team, are you, can, you get, can you believe it? I mean, out here in the rain or snow, they're gonna help you, auditorium team. Like there's so many opportunities. Do you like just to pray? Are you like a prayer warrior? You know, we have a prayer team. You know, we have a breakfast team. Can you cook biscuits and gravy? Let's go. Like, are you, if it wasn't for our breakfast team, I don't know if we could have church on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll come and serve and just make some breakfast for the team members who are here early. You see what I'm saying? There's so many opportunities that when the body works together, we could grow. So all I want you to do this week, all I want you to do is take this list and say, God, is there any way or anything or any how way that you have wired me to serve in any of these areas? And if so, we can follow up or you can sign up for Lifetrack and we could take your next step. Listen, at the end of the day, I want you to know this. We were portable for nine and a half years. And it took so many people every single day, Sunday, six o'clock in the morning, three trailers, unload and set up and unload and set up. And so, hundreds of people would serve. And there's so many opportunities right here to continue to do that, even though we're not portable. Because it's about God using your gift, watch this, to build each other up. And when you grow, they grow, we grow, and watch this, God will change the world from the inside out. So let's be the people who says, you know what, God? My church family is gonna be stronger because you have fitted me and placed me in this body of faith. And I will become more like Jesus when I humble myself and I serve. Why is it when an earthly king asks us to do something, we count it an honor? But when our heavenly king asks us to do something, we call it a sacrifice. No, Jesus sacrificed his life to give you the greatest gift of salvation and the greatest gift of a spiritual gift. He sacrificed for you and for me. He is worthy for us to worship by bowing low to him and humbling ourselves to serve the body so his glory and his presence can fill the earth. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads. couple things real quick. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, come on. Man, what an unbelievable day that the creator of the universe picked you to be here today because he wants a relationship with you. And right where you sit, you could cry out to him and say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, today I surrender my life to you. I repent of my sins. Now help me follow you all the days of my life. Man, if that's you, just in a moment, hosting or your campus pastor is gonna come out and they're gonna share with you your next step. Listen, you wanna take the next step and just learn about your gift? We would love to help you. Just go to the next step area and we'll get you on the right track to go, hey, just help me figure it out. I wanna help somebody to help me walk through this. We will help you. Go home this week and look through that list and go, is there any place, God, you would want to use me? Just prayfully ask him. He's the creator, right? If you're a child of God, we should wanna know and be used by him. And then lastly, you can't grow alone. And hopefully through Toby and Crystal's testimony, that you could join us right back here this evening as we embark on this journey to continue to grow together, to be rooted in Christ. that we can love one another, pray for one another, serve one another. Christianity was never been given to do alone. 
Religion says do it alone, keep it private. Christianity says it's a relationship, let's make it public and follow Jesus. God, thank you so much for your word. God, thank you for the opportunity to come and hang out with my family. God, that you continue to renew our minds from the inside out about how you've wired us and how you saved us and how you've gifted us and how you wanna, God, you wanna use us. Like messed up us, you want to use us for your glory. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would help us to discover what those gifts are. And that, Father, that your church will be built up and be edified and equipped to serve one another as you continue to grow us from the inside out. Appreciate it, we ask and we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you all so much for joining us online today. We hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed having you. But anyways, guys, man, we are, uh, like I said, just so glad that you were able to join us. And maybe today uh, you're curious about maybe what your next step is on your journey with Jesus. Or maybe today you took your very first step of giving your life to Jesus. And first off, I just wanna say, man, I'm so proud of you. And man, God is gonna do something amazing in and through you. But we just wanna celebrate with you. Like I said, whether you're curious what your next step may be, or maybe it was your first step in following Jesus, I wanna encourage you all to go to betterlife.church slash next steps. Let us know just so we can help you on your journey with Jesus and also celebrate with you. But also, if you would like to financially uh, support what God is doing in this region, uh, in your city, in, in your town, or just all over the world, you can go to betterlife.church give, and you can financially support Better Life Ministry and what God is doing here. Also, just like to say, if you have, uh, if you wanna stay connected with us throughout the week, you can download the Better Life Church app on any major platform, stay connected with us. We have scripture there. We have so many things there to connect with you just throughout the week as well. But anyways, guys, thank you all so much for checking us out online today, and we cannot wait to connect with you. See you next week.